0: Welcome to Composer's Favorites, a podcast by Film Scoring Tips. I am Giovanni Rotondo, and today we are going to learn more about composer Mark Doggett's favorite things. Enjoy the show! Thank you so much for coming to the show. I'm super glad to have you. You're very welcome. It's lovely to chat to you, Gio. In July 2021, you released uh, the album Modes, and uh, the day we are speaking, uh, to, we're recording this episode, um, your video clip uh, is, has been released recently to YouTube. Can you tell me a little bit about the album and the video clip? Okay, so yeah, the album pretty much
1: came about over the last couple of years, uh, just basically writing what I wanna hear, really, because I love to listen to to movie soundtracks anyway. This is a pleasure. Um, And just wrote all the stuff that that I really wanted to, to, all the great stuff that I'd kind of picked up over the years. I kind of just tried to put it in an album in my own style and uh, yeah, so so it came about that way. Got a couple of cool musicians working on it as well um, to play some to, to play some solos and stuff. So that was it was a really pleasurable experience. The stuff I put on, up on uh, YouTube is is the whole album. Um, we just shot a music video for one of the tracks as well, which was which was a lot of fun. Um, up in Sheffield, being chased around by some crazy guy. Uh, and yeah, luckily we didn't get arrested. So that was that was a load of fun as well.
0: What is the name of the of the um, uh, video if, um, for our audience to search?
1: The track is called Out of Time. Okay. Um, and it's directed by George Vanna. Uh, and like I say we shot it on location up in Sheffield. That's
0: awesome. I'm going to check it out right after yeah. our episode. And I advise the audience to do the same. Um, cool. So let's talk about uh, uh, some of your favorites. Your favorite book is... Um, the Battle of Britain: Five Months That Changed uh, History uh, by James Holland. Can you tell me a little bit about this book?
1: Well, I'm very interested in military history, spe- yeah, especially aviation military history. Um, and I was actually at Duxford uh, War Museum probably about three three weeks ago, and I just saw this book. And I, I, this, I mean, I, I know loads about that kind of history, but. There's always new stuff you can find out. And this, this book is, is very insightful and I just saw it and I saw the Spitfire on the front and just like a kid, I just uh, picked it up and yeah, and I've been reading it ever since. And it's, yeah, it's very detailed and I'm still, I found out new things that I didn't even know, um, which surprised me because I think everyone knows about the Battle of Britain.
0: Is it like a, um, like a loyal retelling of the story or is there some fiction elements uh, in it?
1: No, no, no. It's it's pretty. It's all factual, um, and it's very, very detailed. Uh, so yeah, you, you you're you're seeing it from all different sorts of perspectives. Um, but again, find out details that, you know, quite frankly, I never knew existed. So
0: do you do you think music when you read a book? Like like, were there parts where you were imagining the scene as a film with your music on in your mind?
1: Very much. I mean, to be quite honest, things like reading and anything that's not music related mm-hmm. are generally generally there because I'm trying to get away from thinking about music, okay. even though it backfires every single time. Because as soon as my imagination kicks in, then a tune
0: will come along to to, to ruin the moment. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, speaking of museum, we were before recording the episode, we were briefly talking about the c that is... Uh, Behind you, and and you tell you told me it's a, it's it's a print from a museum, uh but the the reason I'm mentioning it is because as like me you love Star Wars and and uh your favorite studio mascot is Star Wars themed. Can we see it? Can we see them actually? Okay, here they are. These are my studio mascots.
1: Awesome. <laughs> C3PO, and of course his friend R2D2. Very geeky, but I don't care. I've had, again, I've had these f- for a long time, and uh, they just sit up there on my shelf.
0: Look, you're you're not the first <laughs> guest of the show <laughs> who has a Star Wars studio mask. I, I'm gonna tell you, uh, but but please do tell me a little bit about your love for Star Wars and and these uh, uh, figurines in particular. Like, is is there a story behind behind your love for Star Wars? Were you a kid when you started, or? <clears throat> Well, I think
1: like most people who love Star Wars, it's really kind of part of their life Mm -hmm. now. You know, it's almost, it makes up part of their upbringing. Um, And, I, you know, I think like most Star Wars fans, you know, they went to see the films at the cinema several times. And again, yeah, and I I still love those films as much now. But actually, you know, from a film scoring point of view, I mean, John Williams' scores are iconic um, and probably were my first kind of forays into listening to film score, even though I didn't know I was listening to it from a kind of, you know, maybe a professional perspective. I knew um, that, you know, these scores were special and that they kind of, they weaved the whole story together. And even though it was kind of more subliminal, but uh, yeah, so that's definitely, I think without those scores, I probably probably wouldn't have liked the films as much, so.
0: Yeah, I think the man has a a big responsibility. (laughs) Many of us. (laughs) Yeah, this this route because of him, um, and I must say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Star Wars music myself. I think
1: I think as well for someone like John Williams, I think it gives us hope, hopes us all. You know, he's still writing score now in his 90s, and I've heard that he's just done the score for Indy Five, Indiana Jones Five. So I mean, I think that's great, and I think certainly again coming back from a personal perspective, you know, being in music for such a long time and then coming into scoring for film and TV seems possible from people listening to someone like John Williams or, uh, you know, Thomas Newman are all in there. I mean, Thomas Newman's in his sixties, Hans Zimmer's in his sixties. It gives people like me, you know, kind of, you know, a, a look look forward to a, pos- you know,
0: to a, to a further career. Absolutely. And speaking of Thomas Newman, uh, your favourite album is the soundtrack from 1917 uh, by Thomas Newman. Tell me about why you like the album and why this is your favourite soundtrack and your favourite Thomas Newman soundtrack in particular. I think when it comes to favourites, it's generally very
1: current. So when I look back at films and I think, well, what's my favourite film? Well, the, the, my favourite film is normally the one that I've watched the most <laughs> in the in the last, say, six to eight months. And I'd definitely say that 1917 was that film. Okay. Now normally the process is I watch the film and then of course I get hooked by the music and then I end up buying the soundtrack and listening to that. And then I start to really understand what the music is about and how it fits with the film. So it's kind of educational and also a pleasure at the same time. So, but it's just, it's just such a beautiful film, a beautifully shot film. Um, and Thomas's score just kind of just weaves through the film you know, like a thread through photographs, really. That's how I see it. It's just, it's just a beautiful piece.
0: Um, it's really art, isn't it? It is beautiful, yeah. It is, it is art, yeah. Cool. Um, before we let go Star Wars, uh, let's talk about another of your favorites that is related to Star Wars. It's your favorite video game, Jedi Fallen Order. Please do tell me everything about it. I'm, I'm you know, I've been... Uh, keeping it in my amazon cart for a while now <laughs> should i should i hit that buy button <laughs> <laughs> well well the nights are drawing in now Gio, so i suggest you go and buy it because once
1: you do and you get to swing your own lightsaber there'll be no coming back you know just just tell just tell your wife you've gone for a couple of months and <laughs> come out of the room a different person um yeah you know again yes yeah, again it's, of course hooked into the star wars theme but it is brilliant um and again, you know, it's it's my last the last game I bought. So, um, again, being current is currently my favorite. So, uh, but yeah, I love all them stuff. And again, it's very cinematic. The, the the score is fantastic. You know, it is like being in a film. I mean, games have come on so much in the last ten years, but it is like being in a film and being in a Star Wars film.
0: It's awesome. And I think you you mentioned that video games played a role in your choice to pursue. Film music. You you were telling me about uh, an experience you had a while ago. Oh, what with uh, Richard? Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if you don't mind sharing it. I don't know if you if you if you. No, not at all. Not at all. Um,
1: I mean, coming over to scoring films and scoring TV stuff was always something that I I wanted my career to pivot to. So. You know, just starting out this, I mean, I am experienced, but just starting out on this side, you know, it doesn't matter what you've really done before. Um, so I was advised to go to the media show at Earl's Court and uh, listen to a couple of uh, speakers there. Uh, one was Richard Jakes and another was Claire Bachelor, who was also in BAFTA Crew. Um, and I went there and it was just a mass of people and a mass of equipment and I got there late and I, just, I started to, to, to see Richard talking and it was rammed. So many people there. And I, do you know what? I, just, I felt pretty despondent. I just thought, do you know what? This isn't for me. And, I, and I, went, I went home and I went back to the train station, the underground station, and it was completely bare, not one person apart from one. And who was it? It was Richard Jakes. And I went over to Richard and I shook his hand and I said, thanks for the chat, uh, got chatting about what I'm trying to do. And within a couple of months, um, we would chat online and stuff and, and he invited me to his studio to actually go through the music that I've been writing. And um, it gave me you know, great encouragement and he loved what I was doing. And yeah, no, it was, it was a real boost to, to, to get that, especially after I was kind of despondent going to the thing that I was supposed to be going to to see other composers so uh no it's brilliant yeah and it really inspired me and,
0: and it's it's like you know one of those moments in life where where you really must believe in destiny
1: really and a lot of things have happened you know the timing wise and the, to, to make it because i think as well when you're when you're an artist and you're doing something that's not every day and it's not um you know you're not, you don't have regular income a lot of the time you need these little pointers to make you realize that you're doing the right
0: thing. Can I ask you to share with the audience a little bit about your musical past?
1: Okay, well, I mean, I've been a DJ and a record producer f- since 1992. Well, wow. my first release was out on vinyl in 92, a bit of a gap, but in the last, well, I suppose since the early 2000s, you know, I've been lucky enough to tour lots of great places around the world, release lots of, I've, probably, I've got seven albums out as, as K90 um so yeah that's so yeah i continue to to dj now and again um uh, which is great um i don't i wouldn't want to go back to doing it every weekend because it's not as glamorous as people think it is you know especially when you're touring uh, um internationally and you are stuck in airports and hotels and you don't know which way's up and which way's down because of jet lag so again again it's, you know no disrespect it's not hard work but it is mentally taxing. But yeah, of course, I'm never going to, I'm I'm always going to want to be a performer. And, I, and the music I'm doing now, the film and TV sort of stuff, I want to perform as well. So that's always going to be in the back of my mind to do a performance.
0: Awesome. Um, speaking of things you do outside of the studio, what the, your favorite, your favorite uh, is road cycling. And yeah, like, please tell me a little bit about it and don't, don't forget to mention, you know, you, you, there's a note in your <laughs> submission that said, I've written album, albums on my bike. I really want to know about that. Well, when I say written albums, I think I've, I've
1: what I mean is, is that I've kind of fixed quandaries or, or, or questions that I've got in my head. Now I could be sitting in front of the computer and I think most musicians have done this you bang your head against a brick wall for three days to try and get something right and it never ever comes and then surprises you um out of the blue and I think with uh with cycling, I can get on my bike i can um I can then see different things I can see. Uh, uh, landscapes and, you know, and you can go fast on a on a bike, you know what I mean? You can go fast on a road bike, 45, 50 miles an hour on a push bike, it's like mad. So you can, uh, you can, the answers to these questions just pop into your head. They do mine anyway. So then I come back into the studio and it's almost like I've been given a, a script or a blueprint in order to fix this problem I've been looking to fix or come up with a melody that I've been looking to come up with or, yeah, I don't know, drum line or something,
0: somehow it, they go hand in hand. Yeah, that, that does make complete sense. Before you mentioned that you, you like the idea of performing, and I know that you're working on a performance piece that would bring together the two musical words that, that form your, uh, your uh, background. Yeah. Please do tell me a little bit about it, this sounds super interesting. Okay, well, obviously coming from the clubbing side,
1: I mean, some of the production on uh, these shows with lasers and, you know, light, fantastic lighting and visuals, what I want to do is bring that side of my life, my, my creative life, and have a, an orchestral performance with that kind of lighting and background. So I would actually, I actually looked to, to do it inside a club venue, um, and like I say, I have a full lighting rig and just basically make a, a performance piece for YouTube and well, whoever else wants to watch it. Do you know what I mean? But it just feels it feels so natural to be trying to glue these things together.
0: Absolutely. And it would be great to uh, attend such an event live, actually. Yeah. So yeah. Now, now that, that would be I definitely would like an audience there. Yeah. 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 Do let us know when. Oh, I definitely will. When you're ready to share it. Yeah. Mark, this was a real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming to the show.
1: Oh, Gio, thanks so much for inviting me, mate. It was uh, really nice, it was really
0: nice. That's our show for today. We like to make our episodes roughly the same length, therefore we sometimes edit out some of the guests' favourites. However, extended cuts of the show are available to our Patreon subscribers. Check filmscoringtips.com slash content to find more about this. Thanks for joining us and see you soon!